Well, happy pre-Thanksgiving, Chase Oaks. We're so glad that you're here this weekend, whether you're watching online or from your Peloton or from your home or from San Antonio or at any one of our DFW locations. We are so glad that you have tuned in. We are continuing a series called Game Changers, and it's been based off of this parable that we find in Matthew chapter 25. Jesus is speaking about the kingdom of God. He says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents. To another, two. To another, one. To each, according to his ability. And then he went away. Well, what we have been talking about is this idea that God has given each and every one of us something according to our ability to do something with it, with the life that we have been given. And so that's what we started with in week one of just looking at all of our resources and say, Lord, this isn't my stuff. This isn't my, my, my money. This is, this is, it's all yours. And how can it be used for your kingdom purpose? And then uh, Jeff did a fantastic job last week talking about how we could use our resources in the, the, one of the greatest resources that a lot of us have been given is, is money and how we can Utilize that for kingdom purposes. Now, the resource I want to zoom in on uh, this weekend is the resource that we all have with our time. With our time. I love what it says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. It says, Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I want to encourage each and every person this weekend to be great stewards of and make the most of the opportunities that we have with our, with our time. It, but isn't it easy for any one of us to wake up any day of the week and say this phrase, my, 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 where did the time go? Like you just kind of look back and you're just like, what? It, that was, that was, that was what? That was, that was when, uh, what do veteran parents say? Um, the days are long, but the years are short. You're just like, like every, every grandparent I talk to, they go it, in a blank, take pictures. Okay. Like, like make the most of the moment, but uh, I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. But a pandemic has put me in a time vortex. I, I don't know when things happen. Was this last year? Was it the year before? Um, I don't know if you, you've realized this, but do you realize we are six weeks away from 2019 being three years ago? I mean, like 2019 were the good old days, right? B.C., before COVID. We're like, oh, boy, we had it good. We had it good, and we didn't even know we had it good. We're just like, man, I just remember the days, man. Those were the good old days. That was three years ago. Somebody said this on Twitter the other day, and I loved it. They said, I'm not sure I'm ready for my, jun- for my junior year of COVID. Like, do we ever get to graduate when it's our senior year? I don't know. But it's like, you just look back and you're like, what, where, where did the time go? And what really trips us out, we know we've lost so much time when we haven't seen someone in a very long time. Like when your friend's kids are like seven inches taller than the last time you saw them. Like, Who is this? This is your kid? 
When? Like one of my friends had no kids, BC, and now they got two. I went, who are these people? Where did they come from? How did it happen? She's like, do you really want me to tell you how it happened? No, I know how it happened. I'm just, I just don't know how it happened. Um, I went out to eat with a friend and, uh, they said, Hey, I'm here. And I'm like, Hey, hey man, I don't see you in the restaurant. Like, where'd you at? Could you, could you stand up? Like, I, I think I would know. They stood up. They lost 40 pounds. I was like, what? I just saw you like two months ago, like a couple of months ago. I just saw you like what happened to you? He's like a couple of years ago. I'm like, that was a couple of years ago. I could have swore we just hung out. It's like it put you in just this weird, weird vortex. I got Invisalign over the last year, so I've been wearing a mask and I took my mask off and smiled at somebody. The other day. They was like, OK, glow up. What happened? I'm like Invisalign, man. I don't know. Like the time can just poof, be gone. And, and here is this phrase. You, maybe I said it. Maybe Jeff said it. I mean, who knows? you probably heard it. You probably saw it on social media. Maybe you saw it on LinkedIn or in an email chain or a blog somewhere. But we heard this phrase, don't waste a pandemic. Don't waste a quarantine. Hey, if you're stuck at home with your family and you're doing your deal, make sure you make the most of that time. So, so today's message is, is presented to ask this question. Did we waste time? Now that we've had some time to look back when we do that, do we think, man, I, I kind of wasted some, some time. I mean, I love what Psalms 90 Verse 12 says, it says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. We may get a heart of wisdom. You know, the average person is given 79 years on the planet. If you're over the age of 79 today, you are above average. That's awesome, right? But um, if you, have you ever numbered the days? It, it's actually 28,835 days. That the average human is given. And if we were to break up those years in those days, did you know that you will spend 26 years of your life sleeping? 26 years of your life, you're going to be knocked out. Seven years on top of that will be spent simply trying to go to sleep. Seven years, we're going to be like this. <sighs> Would you stop? Are you snoring again? <sighs> that's gonna be, we're going to be doing that for seven years. Just think about it. That's 33 right there. 33 right there. So, so what, 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 are we, what are we left with now? Right? we got 47 years. Most of it, we've just been knocked out sleeping. The, 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 then we got 13 years we're going to be working. 11 years we're going to be looking at screens. Four and a half years we're going to be eating. Some of you are like, nah, you don't know me, bro. I'm, I'm closer to 10 on that for sure, bro. Like, you don't know. I'll be throwing down. Thanksgiving's coming. Trust me. My numbers are going to be up. On that, and then there's this last one. It says it's going to be just over a year on romance. I'm like, how are you measuring the numbers on that? Like, does the date and the food? And... But I just, have you ever numbered your days? Have you ever taken inventory of your time? And have you ever thought, man, how many of the years that I'm given on this planet am I going to spend with God? In purposing it to, to say, Lord, whatever it is you want to do with my time, I, I want to give it. I think at the end of my life, I want to be able to sum it up 
the way that Jesus did. This is uh, what I would consider an underrated uh, description that Jesus gave of himself in Scripture. It says this in John 17, verse 4. He says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. Do you know the work that God has given you to do? I mean, that, that, that's what breaks my heart the most is to watch a person be on the planet and not know why they're here. You know what Jesus could say about his life? He's going, you know what? I, I came to do the work you gave me to do, and he only had 33 years to do it. But he pulls it off. So regardless of the amount of time you or I have been given, I think we all have to answer the question, are we doing the work that God gave us to do? How in the world did Jesus pull that off? How in the world did Jesus leverage his time in a way where he could, at the end of his life, say, I have done the work that you gave me to do? I think Jesus was incredibly strategic and incredibly intentional with his time. He didn't waste any time. He didn't waste moments. He was just incredibly intentional. And I think one of the things that keeps us from being intentional with our time is that we have so many different areas pulling on it the most. You know, I don't wish I had more people asking me for money. However, I have found that more people ask me for my time. I mean, how many things in your life are pulling on your time? I mean, it's like we have this very, very long list of things we feel like we have to be good at that all require time. I mean, just think about the, the American expectations that we have on ourselves of things that we need to be good at. Like if you were thinking about different areas of your life that do require time and you had to score yourself on a scale of 1 to 10, where do we feel the most pressure and the highest expectations to score to score tens um i think it would start with marriage relationships parenting friendships work relationships our career community engagement our finances uh, physical health mental health spiritual health and it's like you constantly feel this pressure to give all of those areas your time. It's interesting. Sometimes the skill sets that are required for you to be a good executive are the skill sets that are actually keeping you from being a great parent. And sometimes being a great parent means that you have to be a poor executive. We, we could feel like there is this tug of war. I mean, sometimes it's like, man, I'm, right, I'm going to go spend time with the kids. But then you feel guilty that you're not spending time with your spouse. And then when you're hanging out with your spouse, you feel guilty that you're behind on work. And then you start thinking, like, oh, man, I really need to exercise. Okay, I really need to start a diet. Don't do it this week. It's probably not going to happen. And so you're, you just start to feel this guilt, and you just kind of move around. And then all of a sudden, you feel like you've got work-life balance. And then you all of a sudden wake up and go, I haven't spent any time with God. Oh, man. And, and, and now you feel guilty about that. So then you start to go spend time with God. And then you stop spending time with people and so you just feel like there's this ping pong deal with they all require time and perhaps the expectation of the nine areas i just listed 
is that we score tens on every single area. Which means we would get a total score of 90. I've yet to meet that person. I've yet to meet this amazing human being who is an incredible parent, incredible spouse, at every friend's birthday, volunteers in the community, is killing it in their career, super wealthy, in the best shape of their life, mentally sane, and in love with Jesus. Like out of of 10 on all those lives, like who is this person? Who is this pastor, small group leader, volunteer, like that is just like super romantic at all times and is always engaging and playing Legos on the floor? Like, Like who is this person and why do we all feel guilty that we're not him or her? If we've never actually met this perfect person, I don't know why we would feel so much pressure to be it. Sometimes it feels like we are juggling so many balls in the air. It's so funny. Over the last two years, we were forced to slow down, but yet somehow we filled up our schedules. Somehow, some way, we just said, no, we're going to figure out a way to fill up our time. How dare we have idle time? No, 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 we're not doing that. And we just picked up as many balls as we possibly could. And it's just a juggling act. But we're not clowns. Unless you actually work at a circus. I'm sorry. But most of us. <laughs> most of us are not clowns. We're just parents. We're just people. We're just, we just have jobs. We're just humans at the end of the day. And so I, maybe this next statement will do something for you. I know it did something for me a long time ago. And, and, but I, I want to encourage you this weekend. You can drop a ball. You can drop a ball. No, I can't. You already have. You already missed a game. You already you already missed a game. You were already late. It's too late. You 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 dropped. You dropped the ball. So yeah, I'm not saying you just can. You already have. I'm I'm actually just talking to you about your time in reverse. Just so you know, in the future. Since you know that you can drop a ball, why don't you just choose early? Why don't you just make up your mind early and say, you know what? I'm actually going to choose the ball that I know that I can afford to drop. I'm actually just going to prioritize it. I'm actually just going to make up my mind early just to say, hey, you know what? If there's something that's going to fall through the cracks, then it falls through the cracks. But I just watched way too many of us beat ourselves up over guilt of just not being something to somebody because sometimes you're a really great parent and a bad friend at the exact same time. Sometimes people are like, man, you want to, man, I, I really love for you to be at my wedding. I really want to be at your wedding. But if I, I can come to your wedding, but I'm going to be a bad daddy to do it. So what do you want me to do? Do I, I got to like, we'll bring the kid. He don't want to come to your wedding unless you got good cake. And then he, he's all, he's all for it. <laughs> but there's, there can be this tug of war where it's just like, you can be thinking you're doing the right thing and yet you still feel guilty and so what i what i what i want to do is i want to show you who jesus was intentional with i want to show you how he prioritized his time there there were there were three things that i believe jesus was intentional with number one he was intentional with his time with his inner circle he 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 started on the inside and worked his way out mark 5 verse 35 it says while jesus was still speaking some people came from the house of jairus the synagogue leader your daughter is dead they said why bother the teacher anymore overhearing what they said jesus told them don't be afraid just believe he did not let anyone follow him except peter james and john you will see this throughout the gospels it's like jesus is doing something there's a commotion something's happening all of a sudden jesus says you three come with 
Hey, the rest of you 12, you nine, you got to sit this one out. I got something special for Peter, for James, and for John. He was so very intentional with his inner circle. And I think that we should be intentional with ours as well. I think we should be very intentional with our Thanksgiving table. Because it's easy for us to just go through the Thanksgiving motions, right? You walk in, where's the food? Where's the food? Where's the food? What'd you get? What'd you get? We get these mashed potatoes. Okay, great. Mom, mom, why are you all, mom? No, 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 mom. Not, and we just kind of go, go through the deal and you're looking for your favorite dish and then you're going for seconds and you just, okay, football. Okay. And we just kind of go through the motions. But I want to encourage us with our inner circle, our family, our loved ones on this holiday season. I want us to just be incredibly intentional that the people that matter the most. Now, again, you might not spend 13 years of your life pulling in your inner circle. But for the four and a half years that you will be eating, <laughs> make those meals intentional. Here's what I want to challenge each and every one of us to do. And this is just this will just be fun. This is this is what I want every single person to do. You can email us and tell us how it went. OK, this is what I want you to do to be intentional at our Thanksgiving table. I want you to I want everyone at the table to go around and the person on your left, whoever is sitting to the left of you, I want you to tell that person what about them you're grateful for. Whoever is sitting on your left at the table, I want you in front of everyone and say, hey, we're not just going to go around and say what we're grateful for. No, no, no. I want to tell you what, what I'm grateful for. You'll be surprised what will happen at your dinner table. When you're just a little bit intentional. Now, here, let me tell you what's about to happen. Some of you now are going to be very strategic about where you sit at your Thanksgiving table. You're like, <laughs> not them. Nope, 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 nope. Hey, sweetie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you sit right here? Oh, yeah, we're going to do something. We're doing this little exercise right there. And then they're going to move. You're going to hey, no, 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 no. Not her, not her, not the in-law. No, 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 not them, not them. But maybe them. And here's what's going to be interesting. Even if you get real strategic and you start maneuvering the tables how you want it to be. You are going to be on somebody's left. And they're going to have to say something about you. So you might be able to control as much as you want, but somebody, you'll be surprised. I, I tell people to do this every year. You want to know what happened last year? Last year I had a friend. Um, last year I told people to encourage everyone on their right. I just change it every other year. You know what I'm saying? So it just depends on what you want to do at your table. You can go right or left, counterclockwise, clockwise. You, you pick, okay? However you want to do it, your rules. But just be intentional. But this happened. And um, there was a daughter who was not on speaking terms with the mother. But they didn't know about the exercise, but the daddy did. And the daughter was sitting on the left of the mom. And when it was her turn, healing came to that table. Healing. They called me and said, hey, it's not just an exercise. Healing came to that table. Because a mom got to say something that she hasn't been able to say for a very long time. Because what often happens with parents that aren't speaking to their children is they've only heard disappointment from their parents. And all of a sudden, in a moment... I'm actually grateful for you. Who knows what could happen at your dinner table? Who knows what could happen with your inner circle if you were just so very intentional with them? 
The other day I was asking a friend how I could get better. I said, hey, man, what, what's something that I could work on? And, and he's someone I've given the great permission and authority to really speak into my life. He's, he's my best friend. And, and he said, hey, and, and he made a bunch of balancing statements before he said this. And I was like, dude, you don't have to do that with me. And he said, the other day, we were right, you were riding in the car and you made a joke to your son and you called him spoiled. And then you kept back to talking to me on the phone. He was doing something. He was, you know, having a moment. And I said, you're spoiled. Calm down. You'll live. I said something very sarcastic like that. And he said, hey, I noticed when you said that, he said, I just want you to know, when I was in college, um, the most critical voice that gave me the most mind games was the voice of my father. And he said, all I just want to encourage you to do, if I could tell you how you could get better, is I would just tell you, be intentional with your son. Be careful of the words that you speak over him. You'd be surprised how one word could follow him for decades and he's at a formidable age and so if i'm you would you just i would just encourage you to just be intentional so whether it's your table or your office or your car your son your daughter your family your friend your boss i just want to encourage us to be very intentional with our inner circle because jesus was the second thing that i see with Jesus' time is that he was intentional with his time with outsiders he spent time with the down and out and the marginalized he spent time with people that most of us would go what hey jesus you're supposed to be at the synagogue man why are you why are you out in the streets why are you hanging out with them luke 7 verse 33 says for john the baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine and you say he has a demon the son of man has come eating and drinking and you say look at him a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners this was his reputation it's interesting (laughs) that if you were to take sinners and tax collectors which tax collectors have gotten their own category which is great okay like they're not they can't just be roped in with sinners they're they're tax collectors and sinners okay this group of people they're walking around town and you bring up jesus to them because i mean think about this for us for just a moment right when we're a little bit nervous sometimes to be christian outside in the world at our job we're like because of what the reputation of other christians and we're like well be careful what you say here okay but if you were to bring up jesus to sinners and tax collectors in jesus's day they would go yeah it's my friend yeah we had dinner last night it was great the other thing the, the other way that i love how jesus is described with sinners and tax collectors in some other parts of scripture um And and the author is so very particular with these words. He says, Jesus reclined at the table. Like, relaxed. Like, he's not on edge with sinners and tax collectors. He's not uncomfortable. He's very comfortable. In fact, um, they thought he wasn't just a friend of the sinners and tax collectors. They said he's he's a drunkard, which could have meant... That Jesus was having a good time. He's like, hey, there's sinners and tax collectors, but I still got joy. I am joy. I'm Jesus for crying out loud. So when they were peeking in from the outside, they're going, it looked like he's doing what they're doing. He's like, no, I'm just spending time with these people. How in the world can we talk about loving them if we never spend time with them? The ones that are ostracized from the community, the, the ones that can't even afford to be in the community for crying out loud. Jesus 
This was his reputation, and he didn't feel the need to change it. He didn't come out and say, hey, guys, guys, I just want you to know, I, 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 I wasn't doing what they're doing. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a tax collector. He's going, you know, you think what you think. I'm going to just continue being Jesus. And I, I got to be honest, I, I get very convicted by this because I, my schedule can be so tight that I just spend time doing Ryan stuff. That you just, you get so used to going, going, going and picking up your kids and their thing. And my son's basketball schedule just came out. So I just spent an hour adding his games to my schedule. And it's like, okay, now this is another, okay. And then basketball practices are Tuesday at 6. Okay, so now I can't do nothing on Tuesday at 6. And so, and I'm the assistant coach, which pray for me, y'all. Please, please, just pray for me right now. Like, you, I need it. I need every ounce of prayer for the next eight weeks, okay. Like, I'm an assistant coach, okay. I could have done the head coach thing. But I said, that won't be good for our relationship. So I just, we're just going to do assistant coach. I'm going to bring a whistle and just tuck it in my shirt and pretend like I don't have it there. And we're going to be fine. However, with all of the busyness, it could just be, man, we could just become so us-centered. That it's our schedule, it's our schedule. That we actually don't make a whole lot of time for the down and out, for the marginalized, for people that are on the outside looking in. And so uh, the other day, I, I told my son, I said, hey, I don't, <laughs> I don't love our family's schedule. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? I'm seven. He's just like, what, what am I supposed to do? That's your fault, dude. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, you're in elementary, so that's your fault. You know, it's like, like we're kind of go back and forth. And I just, I said, well, we just, we just got to make time for something outside of us. And so uh, we actually got to go over to uh, feed my starving children. And uh, we were able to pack, I think it was... I don't know, like 516 meals for kids overseas. And for my son, he's like, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm bragging, but my son has never missed a meal. I would guess most of our kids have not, for the most part. Um, talk about being blessed when you just think about that. Never missing a meal. He never has. And I would argue that he doesn't have a friend on the planet that has ever missed a meal. But all of a sudden he found out that there are other kids around the world who miss meals every single day. And he's like, I didn't, I didn't know. And all we've done is we've tipped the scales in his favor to say, maybe I'll change how I spend my time. At one point, my son, you know, we're all hazmatted up at, at to feed my starving children. And he's pouring in, you know, the rice and, you know, and the vegetables. And he's doing the thing. And at one point, he just looked at me and he goes, Dad, these kids are going to love these meals. And I'm just like, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, it's just like, like yeah, I, I, I think so too. And, I, and I'm just thinking like, why did it take us so long to get here? What have we really been spending our time doing? Going to the mall? What, are we going to a park? Like, like we, again, yeah, we're going to do that stuff. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have basketball practice. We're going to have school. I'm going to have stuff. And but at what point are we going to be very intentional with our time to say, hey, I, our time is not just for us. It's also for other people and kingdom purposes. The last place that I think Jesus was very intentional with his time was with God, with his Father. Mark 1, verse 35 says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. 
this holiday season. In the midst of busyness, in the midst of decorating, which I know most of us already have. You did that like last month. Some of you are just early birds. It's great. Um, Christmas sweaters and all of the things. I just hope that we're intentional with our time with God. I hope that we don't get so busy with pictures and Christmas cards and gifts and wrapping that we just forget the reason for the season. Because that's, that's what Jesus did. He's, he's going, I, I, can't, I can't do what I do without first starting to spend some time with God. And there, there are moments in life where you just wake up and you just feel like something's off. Just feel like something's, just, something's just not right. And I can tell you that almost every single time I've ever had that moment in my life, it's because I hadn't been spending as much time with God as I know I should have been. I had been making time. And let's just be honest. As busy as we all are, we all make time for what we value the most. We will make time for the cowboys just like that. We'll make time for college football. We'll make time for fantasy sports. We'll make time for the office. I mean, do you know how long the office is? It's like 4,376 minutes. It's a long time. Like That's, that's how long the show The Office is. And people will make time for it. And at the same time, they'll say, I don't, have, I don't have time. I'm like, you know, the office is 73 hours. It's a long time. It's three whole days. At the end of our life, I just, I just wonder, what will we be able to say about our time and the years we spent with God? I know the number will fail in comparison to our sleep number for sure. Maybe it'll fail in comparison to our Work number for sure. But thinking about all the other numbers, I just have to wonder. What do I want my schedule to be marked by? I hope it's marked by the presence of God. I I, I hope that it's marked by the peace of God. That I have spent so much time with God that I almost forget that I'm even here. I'm like, wait, oh yeah, this is this is great. But but I got so much peace that I, I hadn't even. It's like, man, I just I just. I've noticed that the people who spend the most time with God are the least stressed. It's interesting. Why? Because a lot of us spend time thinking about our problems. But if you spend time talking to God, you might forget that you actually have problems. And then by that time, it's time to go to sleep again. You're like, well, I guess I'll deal with the problems tomorrow. I didn't have time. <laughs> like, man, you got a really big problem, but I'm tired now. I can't do nothing about it. I've been with God all day. My bad. My friend just got back from, um, it's called a silent retreat. I had never heard of it until today. A silent retreat. It's like a silent retreat. He said, yeah, we sat silent for three days. I said, three days? Oh, my God. He goes, yeah, no phone. No phone for three, like three, three whole days. You couldn't even call your wife, check on your kids. They could have had COVID, something you didn't even know. Like, my goodness. He's just like, yeah, man, I just... Spend time with God. 72 hours. Do not disturb. No service. In the woods. He said at one point he had enough time to actually walk in the woods with a hymnal and just sing to the Lord. I just said, oh my gosh. Like that just, 
time. Does he have problems? Yeah. But for three days, he didn't even know what they were. It's like people are emailing him. Hey, I, I guess I'll solve it when I get back. And guess what? The problems were waiting for him when he got back. There's enough trouble for tomorrow. <laughs> It'll always be there. So every now and then, I think we've got to pause our schedules and say, Lord, I want to make you a priority. What is was said of Jesus, he says, I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. What will you say about your life when it's over? What will you say about how you spent your time? My hope and prayer for each and every one of us is that we would be intentional with our time, with our inner circle. That we would be intentional with our time, with outsiders, our community. And that we would be intentional with our time with God. And I think when we do that, I think it's a game changer. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about a phenomenal resource you've given each and every one of us, and that is our time. God, help us to be intentional with it. Help us to make space for the things that matter the most. When we feel overwhelmed by everything that is on our schedule, God, I pray that we would feel the freedom to take some things off it when necessary. And at the end of our life, however much time you give us here, I pray that we would be intentional with the days you have given us. Jesus, let me pray. Everybody said, Amen. Amen.